This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. My Natural Hair is a podcast that shares all the information you're looking to learn about natural hair, the movement, the styles, growing your hair naturally and meeting other people part of the natural hair culture and movement. My Natural Hair is hosted by LaDonna Sims and Markeisha St. Clair from Hair Goals 313. Collectively, LaDonna and Markeisha have over 25 years of experience doing natural hair. Black Coffee is a podcast hosted by Kari Frazier and Frida Sampson Weekly. Weekly, Frida and Kari welcome guests to discuss the rich history of black leadership, entrepreneurship, artistry, and social justice. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. We are the Unicorns Are Real podcast. Tune into our Slappy Holidays episodes brought to you by our super artsy friends in Detroit is Different. Tune in and listen to our fun-filled combos with Tiny Jag, Bravo Hooligan, Josh and the Band, Scumbag Fred, and the Bleeding Hearts Club. Hashtag Get Get Slappy! (laughs) You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.
don't know my name. Royalty in my blood, homie, you ain't hit the game. Cause I ain't ivory, say it's a low down, dirty shame. But really, you missing out on what you missing. God gave us all this and you want a competition. Sharing don't take away a simple addition. We can make it all go poof. With no magician, they say teamwork makes a dream work. We got all this buying power, how we make the cream work. Borders or blockchains, I skipped on the ball mains. I dipped on the ball games, I got on the ball. If you rockin' long braids of the ball fade. If you know the truth, you know we are all same. And we owe it to the world to let our light shine. Got me looking at my wrist like it's the right time. And the time is now. Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast with the Token Millennial. What's up, Brittany? Piper, what's up? Thanks for coming out in um, sub-zero, minus 20-degree weather. Guess who we got in the building? The mogul himself? The mogul. <sighs> nah, nah, nah. Our fearless leader. Yay! The owner of Detroit is different. Make Dexter great again. What's up? Make what's Dexter up? great again. Yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, I am trying to, uh, I'm just trying to walk down Dexter. <laughs> where, where, in the house. where it is a thoroughfare to mm-hmm. offer the goods, services, and love that my people in my neighborhood need. So they hey. Yeah, they deserve yeah. it. With it. That's I'm what's with up. It. Okay, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been an interesting week, huh? Um, I, I mean, as interesting as most, what's uh, what? What do you think's made everything interesting this week? Well, Kamala Harris announced her president. She threw her hat in for the presidential bid, mm-hmm. and so it seems to be. Um, I want to say like a huge divide mm-hmm. in the black community um, between. Let's just say, like, the pro Kamala Harris and, like, shoot, it's the con, <laughs> the con Kamala Harris. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm, I did more research into her um, leading up into knowing that she was going to throw her hat in the ring. And I'm sure Cory Brooker will throw his hat in the ring. I'm sure um, the, the one candidate that I need, I can't really even find a lot of information on him. Is the uh, candidate that ran for, uh, I think, was that Senate or Governor in Texas? Uh, Beto? Yep. I can't find a lot of stuff on him, but uh, I assume he'll be in the in the runnings. It's uh, like 20 I know people. Elizabeth Warren is going to run. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, just, I think time, maybe. I just think of, never mind. What, the Native American thing? Elizabeth Warren. The whole like story on that is hilarious. I'm sorry. All right, wait, wait. So wait, go ahead. Who else you heard about? Joe Biden. Uh, so they're they're saying possibly Joe Biden. I'd be surprised if he runs. So Hillary. Have you guys seen the Andrew? Come. She's not gonna run. She she out here. She's not acting running. like she about to. Have you seen the Andrew Yang guy? I yes. have not. Yes. I oh yeah. Who wants to Who wants to give uh income a thousand dollars of universal income to everyone? He says because huh. because technology is going to advance faster than what we think in the next mm. 
Actually, next eight yeah. years and I, thinks that robots are gonna take yeah, jobs. Automation. So, yeah. I mean, it's already here. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> interviewed him on Detroit is different. Hey, that is wild. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You got to throw that back out. But he's he's apparently is a lot of the. He said he's helped revitalize Detroit. I'll just say that he puts um, that on his resume. Um, when he talks, we need to see. I don't. Is it true? I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I if if that's being ambitious. If he actually wrote that. <laughs> okay. In his biography, but um, he was at the Tech Economy Conference, uh, that Tech Economy group, and, and David, uh, David Kirkpatrick, uh, shout out to him back when uh, I was working with the Michigan Citizen, Catherine Kelly introduced me to them, and David was like, yeah, you really want to meet Andrew. Uh, and Andrew was, if it ever was... Somebody that seems like, yeah, they're probably on this trajectory where I could see them one day running for president. He was on that trajectory. Mm. Now, what legitimate chances he has to win, I don't know. But in, well, in the beginning, Barack Obama, before you know, right. before that speech, before he did the Democratic speech mm-hmm. uh, at the convention, I mean, I didn't know where he stood. Right? Mm-hmm. The guy that owns Starbucks, whatever his name is, I, I definitely think after he gave a... Um, like a whole blow by blow <laughs> the other day uh, against Kumala Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be deep, but um. Oh, and then there was someone else. Um, who else was it? That was oh Bernie. Isn't Bernie trying to come back? I'll, I'll take Bernie longest killer. Mike is his vice president. Okay, look, I can't mess with Bernie because I saw it today he told me some he don't support BDS. What's BDS? Um, the basically the sanctions against Palestine. I'm with you. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, he's like, I think his tweet was something like, I don't support BDS, but I, you know, like basically he says he respects the right of people who want to, you know, uphold that. I'm like, how do you not support BDS? Isn't he Jewish though? That's what I'm saying. But I mean, uh, there's a difference between. I didn't know Bernie was Jewish. Yeah. But, but there's a difference between. I thought he was Jewish. There's a difference between Judaism and Zionism. Realism right there. And being against BDS is on some okay. Zionists. Well, you have the me. Jews. Wait, time. I got to do, do my research <laughs> on that. That's uh, interesting. Well, as, as, as the good brother, as mm-hmm. the minister, brother minister would say, the so-called Jew. He's he's a so-called Jew, as the brother minister would say. But uh, <laughs> but I don't even want to give the title of Jewish to Zionists. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you, Pike. Yeah, can't give that to no Zionists. Well, Let's put it like this. He mm-hmm. is of the. Oh, he's not a. I'm not accusing him of being a Zionist. I'm just saying that that's some Zionistic ish. <laughs> saying you don't support BDS. So this week a lot. I, I call. Uh, I I would call. I mean, as many Black Israelites as I know, and people in the nation as I know, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, Moors I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's so it's weird because it's like you want to say black Moor or black Israelite, mm-hmm. but it's just Israelite and Moors. I know. Right. I'm going to say Jewish from the context of the social context is I know it in America that sometimes can be seen along <laughs> the lines of what many people would say as Zionist. Uh, the same way that I consider myself black, but generally, if people say African American, I just rock with it for so for societal reasons. In America, but Zionism is more linked to like the right wing or the like the it's fascism to, and it's all that. To white supremacy, yeah, that's white talking supremacy. about conquering so many things right. that have destructed uh, all people of color, right? Uh, and, and that's not Jew- that's not Jewish. I I realize everything mm-hmm, you're saying, but mm-hmm. 
just I, I'm saying I concede that in mm-hmm. most conversations that I do have, the same way that I don't identify as an African American, I identify as black. But you know, in in societal discussions, uh, I will say Jewish most times, even though that definitely needs to be explored further as yeah. we are very aware and keenly aware of um the the start of uh of the of you know what what would be the hebrew <laughs> the hebrew religion uh faith is of our people uh and following tenets rules and orders that are not in line with what American society generally um, recognizes as Judaism. Right. And we all know that, you know, Israel was awarded its statehood in 1945 and that that was a Zionist move. You know what I'm saying? To like basically remove a people or displace a people from their from their homeland and then reclaim the land for themselves in the land of, you know, trying to do some sort of justice. It's like you do an injustice to a whole nother people. And now the state of Israel, you know, is just diabolical, you know, with it and just torturing people in, in Israel and then, and abroad and like literally completely got people imprisoned and snatching their land, murdering them and just completely dehumanizing people and, you know, it, we, even when we look what happened with Mark Lamont Hill, he spoke up to just say free Palestine. They accused him of being anti, uh, anti-Semite because he said free Palestine. Well. Um, and spoke to that injustice. Yeah, I, this is such a. It's such a it's such a layered discussion. Yeah. Um, and it's a layered discussion because often I believe the talking points in this become so passionate and uh, a lot of misinformation, or I shouldn't say misinformation, but a lot of the context and a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the discussion points that are brought in to this discussion uh, are not, are not even talking points that should be brought in. Like it's not as linear. Um, First off, uh, w- when we look at the the tonality of the world after World War II, and when I say the world, I'm specifically really speaking to the world of the Western world, right? Uh, predominantly white people, mm-hmm. and, and then you get into the science of after World War II, uh, what what was happening, uh, which was kind of like a, a a domino effect connected to World War One. Uh, this has the Detroit ties as when we really think of the diplomat that drew the lines up, not just for Israel, but uh, for the Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's Ralph Bunch, you know, Ralph Bunch, mm-hmm. Ralph Bunch's work uh, is there are so many streets and rec centers and things named after Ralph Bunch here. And he would be recognized internationally, I would say, as probably the most uh the most historic Detroiter ever, even, mm. even more so than uh, Henry Ford, just mm. because of his work as a diplomat. I love that you uplifted Ralph Bunch. Um, but in it, it also, like in his work, he also is kind of like W.E.B. Du Bois yeah. in the ideas of the Talented Tenth, because he was the one to say that this will probably never, 
he, you know, he, he backtracked like this will never work out as the the for for people, and this is the chaos that we as black people live with. For the people of the Jewish people that felt as though the concentration camps, and I was mm-hmm. actually reading a, reading an article and watching an interview of my homeboy, uh, uh, David Neffish or Middleton. Uh, his father was spent spent five years in a concentration camp in Auschwitz. Mm. So to go through that horrific experience and to stay in Germany was something that the the empathy that the United Nations, which at that point in time was founded by predominantly white nations, mm-hmm. did not want to have Jewish people experience. And this is the horror as a black person we always feel because I still mm-hmm. have to live in America, you know? I mean, you can still go on tours of plantations where our people experience this trauma. Yeah. But, you know, no United Nations stood up and said, okay, let's get these people back to their land. Right. And uh, the closest thing to that is what happened in Liberia, still right. speaking of W.B. Du Bois, and the chaos that has existed in Liberia for forever. Right. Because you can't... The the idea mm-hmm. the the idea of of it's this like state recolonization. Is, it is colonization, mm-hmm. and and the destructive nature. And I believe that human behavior um, has brought out in this, like uh, on so many of the talking points, um, things that really don't that have no no consequence. As you know, you the the Bible was honored as. <laughs> as the text to define this as the land of these people, where it's like, there's so many things in the Bible that, you know, the United Nations is not honored to bring into like right. law and then enforce like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you know, the, you know, the United Nations isn't going around, uh, killing, killing people for having sex before they get married. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like the, the, the premise of the discussion and the roots of it, mm-hmm. and there were there has always been, as they say, in the Holy Land. There has always been so much. Um, it's always been such a such a such a a place that has gone through um, that has gone through uh, ups and downs. Be- because I mean, the water and mm-hmm. uh, the resources over there in Jerusalem, and you think about it, and just knowing people. Uh, some Palestinians, uh, due to my time that I spent uh, at Henry Ford Community College, it's all, it's like Henry Ford Community College is like the world, the Arab world brought to life almost. Mm, it's weird, mm-hmm. and uh, and then having my close relationships with um, with uh, that form of Jewish people of Israel, mm-hmm. uh, it has. It, it's it's like a lot of this has been personalized. Is mm-hmm. death, destruction, harm has existed, and I believe that I believe that the the excuse my French, but the well, no, nah, I'm not even gonna say that. But the 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 nature of this whole this is tragic. It's a travesty, and as a as a black man in America. It's even more of a travesty because you see that the the key element in this, even in the whole argument of, you know, the Jewish League of Anti-Defamation and, you know, being able to call people anti-Semitic is built on the idea that you don't want these people to experience another Holocaust. Right. Where our people, 
um, have had to to we don't have live any protection. Aside, yeah. our live beside it, our oppressor and to continue to be oppressed mm-hmm. with on no so protection. many levels. Not like no protection, uh. no no uh, no one to go to. No, no reparations. argument for reparations. No argument for <clears throat> for for equality. No like, apology. Yeah, None. I mean, so it it it's it's like on some levels you see it and you say like, damn, okay, that could be a context for justice, possibly in in some ways, but that justice that they brought to themselves definitely brought you know the hurt people, hurt people. I'm going to tell y'all two quick stories, and I'll make them as quick as I can. One, I had, uh, I'm going to use no names. Um, I had a, a friend, H-A-D in the past tense, had a friend, almost said their name. And this friend was um, Jewish. Really okay, good, now good when friend. when you say Jewish. You I'm talking about actual Jewish. As mm-hmm. American Jewish. Um, their because, lineage, because their now parents. That you, you, when you check me, so it's like, yeah. is this a is this a black Israelite? Not at all. Okay, so this I'm is a blonde hair, blue eye. I'm gonna say but, that American. Uh, I'm gonna say Eastern European, if that's okay. okay. All right, well, Eastern European because European they're Jew. second ge- generation, but not not of not of King Solomon's uh, right, not of King Solomon's exactly. ranks, right? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, they were they are a fashion stylist. They were one of my closest friends, one of my people that I did a lot of work with. If you look back in a lot of my photographs, their styling is in my work. We were very, very close. We did a lot of, lot, a lot of work together. Love this person. And one day, um, they and and you know, in fashion, you do like these different stories, right? And they're based around like identity and, you know, just lifestyle because you're bringing forth these ideas. So one day she suggests that she wanted to do slavery chic. So then I was so I had to explain to this person. Now, mind you, we are I must have been like late 20s, which means they're like early 20s. I'm not going to forgive that, but I'm going to say. Everyone in America, I'm going to assume, is ignorant on history. White, black, good school, bad school. Like, I, 100% I, I just So, so I got to I gotta at least acknowledge that that maybe, uh, you know, my first intention wasn't, you know, F-U-B. It was like, okay, let's, um, let's examine your historical knowledge and references as to why you don't understand that this is problematic. <laughs> right? So that's where I'm approaching it from there because we had such a love. You know, you rolling with this person, like, we've got such a love that I'm thinking, like, nah, 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 they just don't know. So, we get into the conversation, then they give me the whole, like, post-racial thing about how, you know, that was in the past, and I need to get over slavery, and that, like, you know, there was this whole thing that she was trying to convince me about this slavery chic. So, I just turned to her and said to her, well, how about this? In the land of fairness, if we're going to do slavery chic, then let's do Holocaust chic. And slavery was a Holocaust. Okay. She became so triggered. She wanted to physically fight me. I could see that. She wanted to physically fight me and was like, that's not funny. That's not this. And, And I said, but slavery was a Holocaust. She kept trying to argue me. It wasn't. I was like, you're talking about 6 million Jews. I'm not trying to have oppression Olympics with you, but 
<laughs> in the land of what happened, we're talking hundreds of millions of people, and who knows what number jumped over into the ships. Who knows how? Who knows the number? I mean, you're talking. Who knows about, the number? You're talking about like. We're talking about years. We're talking about you're talking about decade versus centuries. centuries. Yeah. This is what I told her. I said, We're talking about centuries. I said, and you're gonna tell me that slavery was not a Holocaust? Are you nuts? I'm like, you need to go to Gory Island. I just start like flipping her and like what she needs to do. And she really became like, I can't believe you said that to me. And then she starts crying. I said, Am I looking at white girl crocodile tears? I'm like, you literally sit here and like, you know what I'm saying, diminish. What happened to my people and telling me it's not a Holocaust and they're going to tell me you want to do some fashion story based on what people, what happened to people, this horrific and thing. And then Mr. telling you to forget about it. And then the Mr. To- telling me, but then we can't do, and I, and, I, and I told her, I said, I would never do Holocaust chic. I think it's atrocious. I said, the only reason I brought it up is to so you could face what you were saying. And she was like, I just can't believe you said that to me. And she really thought it was so different. I had to tell her, I said, you know what? This is the end of our friendship. Because if you can't understand, this is a basic thing right here, and we're not friends no more. Me and you can't be friends no more. She was like, why not? I said, because it's no way that you're moving, that I'm going to allow you to be rolling with me, and you moving in the world, and you can't honor and respect black life. Now, I might not have used those specific words. I'm with you. I probably use more curse words and very more dehumanizing language (laughs) from 12th Street. colorful. It was much more 12th Street, <laughs> 12th in the Boulevard style language. No, that's, that's, yes. that's crazy. It brings me back to a time where I was sitting yeah. in the car with a Chaldean guy and a Jewish guy. And, and I'm going in and on my usual war path of thinking that I'm amongst friends. And the Jewish guy says, I love black people. And our Jewish and black stories ring, have so many similarities, but the reason why the Jews have been able to hurdle things is because they don't sit and wait for a motherfucker to tell them what to do, how to do, and to feel sorry for them. You guys have to get over that shit. And I'm like, you really just don't fucking get it, do you? (laughs) I will take your truth and I will take it back to my community, but that is not complete truth, sir. It's just not. You didn't, you didn't hurdle shit by yourself. You didn't. Yeah. It, it's, There's, it's the economic a, piece is missing. The I mean, economic piece is missing from this conversation. Even the reparations is missing from this conversation. E- even that, like the the role, and there are certain black people that have. Um, my sister wrote a whole play on it mm. um, about black people passing for white, but the other reality is also like some um, of my family. Many the 80s. Jewish, many Jewish people have assimilated to whiteness. Agreed. Purposely, uh, systematically, and, and other even them. other oppressed European tribes have assimilated to whiteness. So the construct the, of whiteness in and of itself, yeah, it was it, pur- purposely. Yeah, yeah. It was pur- they looked up and were like, and you guys have to excuse me. This is the ignorant way of, of giving history. They looked up and were like, we don't let all these niggas free. Man, what'll happen one day if these niggas take over? I, Let's. Start to think about how we identify race groups. If I'm not mistaken, I think it went a it's lot a, like It's that. a construct of whiteness so that one group could be easily identified and the other group could then identify with like closer to whiteness yeah. so that yeah. it could turn on that more but, obvious group. But really, and I'm sounding like a Hidden Colors DVD. <laughs> <laughs> but I, love it. but um, I mean, it... It needed to exist as 
it needed to exist is the first as the 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 rallying cry for enslavement of our people at first was the fact that these people are not Christian. They're mm-hmm, savages. Mm-hmm. And as many uh many of our people kept those religions and the in the spirituality and the gods of our people, that led to many uh many slave revolts, uh not I mean not even um enacting the enslavement labor labor that they had. Yeah. So next was the rallying cry where I mean the roots this is the roots of psychology and anthropology mm-hmm. and sociology. You know, race mm-hmm. was cre- race was created as the other rallying cry that justified the enslavement True. of our people. True. True. So that's why when I always say that racism is America's oldest and strongest institution. Mm. I, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not even trying to be like a a, a, a person to start a, a debate or a contrarian or anything, but that that's the root of why it was created in the first place. Because mm-hmm. even before then, there was still like uh, on many of the plantations, uh, there were white, uh, as they would say, enslaved people or indentured servants. But at at that at that point, many of those White slaves were no longer slaves, and the hierarchy uh, and incentivism of like the idea through capitalism that like okay yes you do not have the American dream of like you know uh, the slave master down the block, but at least you ain't one of them black people. You know what I'm saying? And that that's the thing that Trump is playing on has, but Trump. But I mean, in some ways, I would argue, I mean, even Barack Obama, but Trump, Reagan, Clinton, Mm -hmm. America itself. So, Mm -hmm. like, I can't even really give credit to president or the presidency, but that whole idea, that ideology of at least you're not them has been one of the most driving forces to... Uh, for everyone, well, yeah, they for would, all races, they, they all opened, There was a certain time frame where they opened up museums that showed African skulls to say that look at their skull and look at our skulls. This is not a human being skull. They started that the, the whole the whole hypocrisy on what you're talking about starts with them educating themselves on how blacks are not even human. So the whole where people reference the three fourths of man, they didn't start there. It started way before that. I mean, the, the whole concept, even with that, like, and it's funny, um, you know, um, you know, shout out to like this, like as we, <laughs> as we look at um, the whole ties of Detroit to a lot of things, but V Styles. Uh, oh, hey, MC, shout out V Styles. But, uh, you know, V Styles. Uh, oh, the Denmark Vesey. Is directly a descendant of Denmark Vesey. Mm-hmm. But the whole concept of like the the three, you know, like the, the three fifths had a whole lot to do with more so that you had all these southern states with enslaved people, but they still wanted uh, provisions uh, to vote. So the whole right. concept of like we need like it's, you, you know, like a state like. You know, let's say Connecticut at the time. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we have ten thousand people, so we need to have ten representatives in the in, mm-hmm. in Congress. You have one thousand people down there in Mississippi, and it's like, yeah, we have one thousand people, but we got thirty thousand slaves. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so a slave ain't a whole person, but they can count as three fifths, right? 
so that now we can have representation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, when you think about that, that ruling right there right. was the break that began what was the Civil War. And mm-hmm. really the argument why a lot of Southerners still feel as though, uh, you know, our nation has gone to shit since then. And uh, the Denmark Vesey Act is big in this in this whole concept of of the as you say the civility of honoring black people whether they're men or they're not men so it's i mean the, the racism in america is so strong especially when you consider it and and i'm saying the american jew but or the american jewish person i should say um or or really any other foreigner coming here because their perspective mm. of the state of black people here uh we're as claude anderson says we're we're not we're the only non-immigrants here you know we 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 are here not by our choice everyone else came really exactly. to buy into capitalism yes or they were ostracized from their nation <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh, but everyone else came in to buy into capitalism. Yo, Piper. Um, I know, sorry, Carrie. Go ahead. So you know, it's a, it's a, tr- it's a, it's it's so delicate because this post traumatic stress disorder that still exists and mm. it's in our DNA as Black people here, descendants of enslaved people, it causes so many breakdowns even in the way that we connect with one another. That's well, because we also too are Conditioned. experiencing yeah. that at least I'm not that one. At least I'm not that yeah. one. The closest the closer the proximity to whiteness, the construct of whiteness is so deeply embedded in the anti-blackness uh. that exists within the black community of the descendants of slaves to look to say I am lighter than you my hair is more this or that than you I have more resources than you have who's your father what school did you go to like all of that stuff is connected to the capitalism and it's like completely linked you know what I mean like with, yep. with within you know the the, the concept of anti-blackness and white supremacy yep. and I want to use both of those because the because the internalized white supremacy that a lot of um that 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 races or that peoples are um really expressing is really an anti-blackness i mean it's it's all of the above and and we're socialized you're so preconditioned in this nation every day you're walking and, and and it's in our dna we're fighting it it's in our mind like like that trauma i mean they say that um my grandfather struggled with alcoholism. Mm. And, you know, anybody will say, like, you know, alcoholism stays, like, you know, it will impact the next three generations. Mm. So if alcoholism can right. impact three generations, That's deep. then 400 years of enslavement has to impact. And then and then after it, the reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, like I say, we weren't given a land and 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 no no monetary fund. Right. Uh, where where like it's like oh here you go it was it was like yo you're enslaved on monday and then on friday you're free and then it's like damn what am i gonna do it's like oh you could share crop and it's like oh so what's that <laughs> meaning <laughs> so i will pay you but you don't but what you're gonna need to do is you're gonna need to eat so we can share so basically you can plow off 100 feet of this and and uh, for plowing that hundred feet of this, I'll give you 
that, you know, those two feet so that you can have food for your family. God. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then it's like, damn, is this a form of slavery too? Hell which, yeah. which obviously, and I think right, that sorry, says I'm, the yeah. industrial age really truly began to come into, into works. Uh, and, and, and all of these methods is, you know, my, um, you know, my, my business school is my thing, but you know, all management tactics and all the greatest skills in management were all learned from the idea of processing enslavement, especially when it came to cotton. The 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 roots of the industrial age go back to the cotton gin, which even I would argue today impacts the techno- technological age. So the mm. idea of incentivizing people by oppressing people mm-hmm. is so intrinsically uh, connected to to American lifestyle. So like it it. It, it, and for us, it's even more of a of a like what is that like a toxic shock, you know? And the and the challenges, you know. That's why, as as black people, you know, we're so used and to dealing with people with emotional and psychological traumas and just know well, how to know which, how to deal with it. Well, speaking of which, the second story I wanted to tell you guys. I, was just <clears throat> I had a room. I had these two roommates. So in New York City, I had this um, loft apartment. That I shared in what borough? In Manhattan. Oh, for real. In the in the lower in the in it wasn't Lower East Side. It was like it was like twelfth between second and third, which is interesting. It's like I lived on twelfth, and then I lived the twelfth in New York City. But um, the 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 loft apartment, you know, we all shared. It was like a lot of rotation of roommates. But this one rotation, I had um, a Jewish roommate that was from Israel. Okay. And um, I had Egyptian roommate that was from Brighton, from London. Okay. And so um, both of them, like, we were all pretty much the same age at the time. Let's say like mm, early, mid-20s. Mid-20s. And like early, 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 early 20s. And so um, it's, it's so interesting because um, we all got a chance to learn about one another you know yeah um the 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 most interesting thing was that you know i learned that hebrew and arabic are very similar languages in the way they look and the way they like they have similar words like the very similar culture both the my um jewish roommate and my egyptian roommate um were uh what i would call like you know party girls like they like to be at the club all the time and like hang out and this kind of thing, you know? Um, and then, uh, so my Jewish roommate, she, um, you know, would tell us stories about, you know, growing up in Israel. That's how I learned that they all have to go into the military, even men and women. They all learn like hand to hand combat. Yeah. They all learn how to use a type of artillery, weaponry, like strategy, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it happened when they're 18. It's automatic. There is no like, you know, no, it's just everyone. It's an automatic draft. For automatic anyone. draft for anyone. Then, um, so my Egyptian roommate was, like I said, by way of Brighton, and her father was like the Egyptian ambassador to London. And so she was raised, her and her sisters were raised like super privileged and in boarding schools and, you know, going back and forth between Egypt and London. And, you know, we're just lived these like charmed lives and so it was interesting because she was raised muslim 
but you know westernized and so it, you know whenever she'd be around us she would like you know be like party girl and like hang out and you know do cool stuff and then when her when her dad was around you know it was like okay it's time to cover up and now I'm a good girl you know type of thing but um so uh you know we would have like late night you know talks and for the most part we all got along you know we all hung out we would all be you know, doing what 20-something-year-old girls do or women do at that age, which is, like, make tea, talk junk, go on the roof and sunbathe, like, you know, watch cartoons and eat cereal on Saturday mornings, argue, use each other's, you know, hair and beauty products and hog up the bathroom. And we we were like sisters, you know, we were like sisters. But um, it was just super interesting how every now and then when they would both get high or drunk— then they would start arguing about, you know, that sort of tension that existed, mm. you know, between like Muslim and Jew or like you're Egyptian or you're, you know, Israeli and like all this stuff would like start to come out. And it was just really interesting to me because all three of us, people used to think that we were actual sisters. <laughs> so we physically all looked exactly, we had the same hair, the same body type. The same facial features because my Jewish roommate that was from Israel was actually from Yemen. And if you know Yemeni, they're actually African. They're dark too. But and, and dark. But she was from so she was from the Jewish part of Yemen. Got you. Right? Because Yemeni is Muslim and Jewish because it's right there at the border. Mm. So she was she her people were from the desert. And so all three of us, like she looked exactly like my grandmother's side my mom's whole side same hair both of them look exactly like my grandmother's side they had the same hair the same like kind of straight kind of curly hair you know the same body type the same slim like the same facial features like literally people did not know that we were three mm, i guess you would say different ethnic ethnicities or you know mm-hmm. we're like People actually thought we were like completely sisters, not even cousins. They thought we were sisters. And it was just, we would get to these points where we'd literally be about to physically fight one another, you know, like in the house about stupid stuff that you do when you're living with people, (laughs) you know, as a roommate. And, you know, it was just... It was actually kind of beautiful in one way because we loved each other so much and we took care of each other. But then I just think about what you were talking about, that internalized stuff. And like I said, a lot of, you know, for the most part, we would all get along, but there'd just be like a certain point where people would just like flip over that edge or something. It could be anything. It could be like, you know, you didn't put the cap on the toothpaste, something terribly stupid like that. And then all hell would break loose. But I just, thought that that was like it just reminded me mm-hmm. of, of like the internalized oppression that we face with the light skin light skin dark skin except theirs was like jewish and muslim which was interesting to me because i almost said their names but my jewish roommate wasn't quote unquote like that jewish 
You understand what I'm saying? And she my, wasn't like orthodox, you're saying? What I mean is they was partying in the streets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then my Muslim roommate wasn't quote unquote like that Muslim. Got you. Well, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't but mean I know, in a, I know what in you a mean judgmental you, way. What yeah. I mean is they weren't all dogmatic about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, like everybody was partying, having a good time and living that New York City club kid life. There really was no separation in reality. There was no separation. It's not like people were all on that like that. It's not like I can't tell you that everybody was praying and reading their their their, their religious book. I'm not saying that we weren't because we you. all were. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it was just super interesting that you know that type of thing at a certain point was 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 kind of what had people over the edge. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, faith. And how people define their faith plays that heavy role. I mean, definitely in my community, uh, a lot of Baptist churches over here, a lot of people that may not necessarily be Bible-toting, but (laughs) under certain premises, like, you know, um, using the Lord's name in vain, uh, it it can get real, but um, the, um, the, the... the idea of race here in America is so intertwined, as you say, with money, politics, or really with business, So, it, which controls resources, so like the economy itself. And, and I, 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 I would, I would, um, I would, I guess, be, be, very, um, very eager to know, like in the future, what will happen as time moves on. Like, if I did have a time machine and I could go <laughs> five hundred years into the future to see, you know, if these uh, classic divisions will remain. Uh, if one thing has been has been current, it it stays there. But yeah. for our people, um, a form of healing does need to begin. Yeah. Well, we could like put you in one of those. What are those things called when you freeze people? Chrono. Oh, but they did the Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) She said they did a Walt Disney. Yeah, they did do that to Walt Disney. Yo, 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 yo. But before we move on, this is hilarious. So today, well, yesterday, Piper sends me this girl's name, Julia Collins, who is in uh, San Francisco in Silicon Valley, who like created this uh, robotic company around pizza. Like, so I guess she's selling robots to pe- like businesses so that they can like basically do their whole process efficiently. So what I'm imagining is, is that they have like a robot that'll like press the dough out, you know, get the dough, press it out. And then it kind of pulls back on the overhead of having too many people, which is awesome. She's freaking amazing. But I'm like waiting for this customer to like uh, show me this elevator. And I look at the U.S. Today paper and at the middle of the page, it says, Startups by Black Women Changing Silicon Valley. If there's anyone we should double down on, it's Black women. It says, Black women have led startups, have raised over 0.0006% of the $424.7 billion in venture funding since 2009. So, opinions? Uh, get those numbers again. Point zero zero zero. Wait, wait. Black women have led, meaning black women are basically 
like a, a what is that like a, a hundredth thousandth of a percent of the startups but in that they have raised how much money you say uh they let's see they give it they were giving the whole number of the startups which is like 424.7 billion in total okay and it looks like black women have contributed 289 million okay yeah i i I mean, I got a lot of just personal opinions on uh, Silicon Valley myself. I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's another form of like, it's another form of hype. But um, for for people that uh, can get out there and get their venture capital, bring their ideas to life, you know, more power to them. Uh, I don't necessarily think that, um, I don't think that, and this is the other layer, how racism plays a role. You know, the the tech industry is not the most welcoming space for black people in general. But in, in reality, like what industry is? So hopefully uh, the the people that are coming up with these businesses and ideas are driven by their passion and can... Um, I guess, function in the chaos of racism that they're going to have to deal with and the white supremacy they're going to have to deal with. Because if it ever was an industry that's like full of, you know, excuse my French, but full of shit, it's a lot of that Silicon Valley stuff. I mean, it's it's all theoretical. Uh, it's just a bunch of white boys kind of, you know, fantasizing to other white boys about why I should get more money from other white boys. You know what I'm saying? So it it's it's not actual, it's not concrete, um, and it lacks uh, it lacks the substantive value to help change communities like mine. Well, I, two things come to mind. One is the African, uh, you know, commerce space where uh, if you look in the tech world, a lot of the money. Uh, is in Africa, you know, like funding a lot of, you know, funding a lot of tech. That's one thing. Another thing that comes to mind is, uh, I'm not sure if I send you guys these links with the racist robots. And so all these algorithms that are being created. That's funny as hell sounding just because of the alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. I got to find, I got to find like, so, so literally. That's like wild. See, it's all like these I see algorithms. Johnny Five rolling up on somebody like, hey, Well, like uh, the Terminator. You? <laughs> you know, like the Sarakana. But like, so the. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Five is calling me a cool. Like, what the. Well, the thing is, these algorithms that are being created. They're created by all of the people that are using tech, right? So um, now these like algorithms that are coming back, you know, things that are informing the new like um, robot police that they're creating or like even these like monitors and things that they're giving to police, you know, to like the, the, all this video and stuff that's being captured and like yeah. how that stuff's being like, you know, um, analyzed and like sent back. Yeah. It's like so much racism in the algorithm that even like these crime fighting robots and stuff that they're coming up with and these systems are just literally like separating people to where they're the robots are able to like look and decide like pre-crime so they're already starting to decide like before people are born yeah. like 
you know, who's going to be susceptible to be pre-crime. So you're already going to be like dubbed a criminal. Like you have criminal DNA, like before you're born. So they're going to send you on a, like the baby prison track. You know what I'm saying? But the, and see, that's, that's the sadness of everything in this nation. I think if, if, if gen- if general society presents it through media or through conversation or through any institution or whatever as it's a good resource, it is n- not designed for you black people. Mm. That's schools, that's Flat food, out. that's cars, that's cities, that's <sighs> anything that is presented to you as something that's good. It's not designed for you. And mm. I want to... Because it, so on every <clears throat> level, so it definitely it will ooze over into technology, uh, exercise, all of that stuff, because uh, black people are not taken into consideration unless it is something that is extremely exploitive and probably destructive. Mm. Now, <clears throat> uh, now, with that being said, uh, pre-crime, a- as any like as racist as the 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 foundation of sociology and anthropology, and you know. Though in psychology is, um, I mean, the the findings in it are it, it's a natural it's it's a natural ordinance of like I say these traumas that we're in the, in this oppression and the pain the harm the the struggle that naturally exists just due to the way that uh, our community views all resources and we're seeing things from the idea of the most dire scarcity. Uh, generally with cash or, or or anything but but cash especially so money impacts how I feel uh about about myself you know mm. I get paid on Friday oh you know just got you know that damn Johnny Kemp song mm. you know I'm happy you know Monday I blew my check and now it's affecting my mood mm. and as this becomes more and more scarce uh, our, our the pre-crime I don't even think you necessarily need a robot to 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 create the pre-crime as many sociologists will just ask a, a couple questions they'll say okay what's the, how far did your mom you know how far is your mom's education how far is your dad's education um do uh you know uh what's the graduation rate of the the closest uh high school in your neighborhood and those three questions right there can almost damn near tell so much about what a person, you know, what a person does, uh, you know. And then as you answer those questions, it's like it's tragic when you see the realities of how uh, how things fill out. But these things are filling out because we're not having access to to the resources of America and those same resources of America definitely have not been curated to actually provide the substantive value that we need for our people. Like reparations. Even right now, more than yeah, like like uh these on these real cold days as as kids are out of school, mm-hmm. this could be one of the strongest things ever. I don't have any children, but for a kid, because it's like now you're not gonna be poisoned by Whatever you being told. And this could give you an opportunity to really connect with something of value. But but where where is the consciousness of the mother and the father that's raising that kid? Um, mm. But what or does that put that strain just due to the, the society mm-hmm. that we live in where it's like, damn, I don't got no babysitter. So mm. now I gotta go to my cousin that is that that is seen as the less productive person in America mm. because they're not working mm. and God knows what they're doing and who they have access to. Like mm. these are the breeds of, 
of where child molestation happens. Right. This is the breeds of where child neglect happens. This right. is the breeds of where, all right, we just going to let you stay at home because, right. I mean, I ain't got nobody else to be there. And right. that's another form of child neglect. Mm. Whereas if it, a, a community uh, built in more of, 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 a, a, of the value and the resources that we need, this is those times like, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm dreaming. <laughs> right now where it's like okay all right i have that time kids gonna be out of school i'll be able to connect and i already have foundational relationships with these little homies where we're going to be able to show them some resources mm-hmm. of what could be uh you know, something given to them that's what we do with kim shirobi with community lens yeah like we go into uh noble school going to noble and yep. noble shout out to noble elementary middle school we do that wednesdays and thursdays at lunchtime and we teach photography, youth voice. Also with um shouts out to um Audrey Carson, um teaching like, you know, recycling and community building leadership. And then um during the spring break, which is about a week, and the winter break, which is coming up, both of those breaks we have the kids for a week at a time at the Birdwood House, which is a house that Kim Shirobi created right <clears throat> in the neighborhood. And um so throughout the school year, we go into the school, like I said, Wednesdays and Thursdays during lunch and teach them. And then during the winter break and the spring break, we have them for a whole week, in which case we take them on field trips and then we get to do more intensive learning. We bring community members in to, you know, speak with them. We connect them with their community leadership, their their local government they get a chance to speak and they get a chance to talk about, you know, things that are important to them, their neighborhood, take pictures around their neighborhood and, you know, learn skills and present work. But that's the whole premise around that is like, you know, um, what happens to kids during spring break and winter break? You know what I mean? So that that's the whole premise of that, I mean, of like yeah. that program. But that's, yeah. And that shout out to Kim and what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what she's doing with the Burwood House is like, uh, one of those things that I can look up to with what I'm doing with the incubator. As she's yeah. buying property and lots mm-hmm. in her, on her own block mm-hmm. and, you know, taking a stake in her community. Yeah. Uh, and Huge. that is, you know, what what I'm doing and what Kim are doing, I, I would, moving forward, can be seen as a, as a, um, as a as a new approach to, to for something to be done where more people can replicate it, you know. Yeah. And I don't even know necessarily if me and Kim are doing it the greatest way, but it's good for more people to enter in because we need, like I say, these resources. It's like we need American resources because we're here in this territory, mm-hmm. but they need to be curated in a way where it actually is of of value to us right. and that's what you all are doing in that programming mm-hmm. while you're because as much as it's the programming and the idea of of photography it's also just engaging these young people mm-hmm. that in many ways are are starved for attention from from anyone yeah because oftentimes the people that are raising them are caught in the in the machine of capitalism you which know? is you know, and shout out, you know, to the parents and everything that we work with because, you know, we reach out to the parents too. We invite mm-hmm. them to, you know, be a part of the whole, entire process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the parents have capacity and some don't. Yeah. And, you know, the ones that don't, we don't shame them because they don't have capacity. 
we just do the best we can to try to bring them in. Like, you know, they work, they might not have a chance to, you know, do whatever. So we provide them with breakfast, lunch, you know what I mean? A couple of meals and, you know, an opportunity to meet other leaders in their community, connect with other business owners. And, you know, if the parents could come and be a chaperone, that's cool. If they're not able to be a chaperone, like that's, that's fine too. Um, we let them know about, you know, the entire process, like what they're going to be learning and that they're welcome at any time, you know, to participate. We invite them on all the trips because we don't want to just be like providing a service because we're like in the community. We want families to be right there. But so, that, you know, that's, that's part our, of the process. That's that's needed. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, and, and it's we don't want to be like a drop off center. Yeah, no, you but know, it's we, not want, that. we want your but parents there what, with us. Right? That's a value for our people. And yeah. that's why it needs to be in that in that way. Mm-hmm. But the reason it's in that way is because Kim herself and you know and Audra, it's run by people that are of the community. Yeah. It's the whole concept of the of the root of as you go back to reparations. Mm-hmm. But the best people that know how to address the challenges in our yeah. community are the people in the community. Yeah. And we don't need to like have to tap dance around and all of that stuff. I mean, I, I've I've said this a couple of different times. It's like, yo, man, it's almost disrespectful as like this round of, I guess, Kresge filings. And so many people always say like, file for the Kresge, file for the Kresge. And it's like, okay, on one level, you know, hats off to uh, to everybody that has won that. Oh, shout out to that. Mama Aneb. She got um, one. Yeah, Mama Aneb was, was honored with like an imminent, like almost for like a imminent award but mm. you know that's my big homie period but yeah. to me it's like our people you're just gonna have to run the risk even yeah. if you just come and 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 give a million dollars to the wrong person the quote unquote and they don't do anything of value there's so many of these goofy white boys doing dumb shit with yeah. money yes. you know what i'm saying <clears throat> that that don't mean anything so it's like that is let our people do this. And by even asking for us to fill out forms in the idea of how you create the forms, that's not culturally in right. in, in the idea of how we communicate with each other. Yeah. You already are walking us into white supremacy. Yeah, that's so yeah. so when you say this, it's like I'm I'm in a world uh that is not designed for me to ever succeed unless I submit and emasculate mm-hmm. everything that I am as a black man to get any semblance of success. Right. So this is the the tragedy of it. So I have to basically walk around and, and tap dance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To 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 be accepted, to pull off a resource so that I can take it back and then redistribute it amongst my people. You know, right, whereas right. if to to just give the true value would just be like, look, we don't know what's going on. Here you go. Mm-hmm. You can build the system. Exactly. And, it, and, and if you feel like you got hustled or you got played, it is what it is. But it's not supposed to necessarily be even designed for you to even feel a certain way exactly. or whether you got played or didn't get played. Exactly. Because if it's true, a redistribution of wealth. It's not for you to be determinant upon what we do. If people want, if everybody want to buy Cartier's and 20 inch rims, then so be it. That's what my community want to do. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think that that reality will play out. I think different realities would. But I still would have to, you know, it's it's that concept that Mm -hmm. needs to be adopted. So... You know, I bring this up because every step of the way, like it seems like this whole 
episode is about white supremacy now. Well, but the, this, every step of the way, every step of the way. Wait, I got to tell you something quick. I'm not going to name the, the space because I don't want to out them, but they are funny. So there's a space that I know that is super awesome. And shouts out to them for this story. There was a space that um, there's a space that they wanted to purchase. These people are black. I'm telling you about. Mm-hmm. Long-time Detroiters, lifelong Detroiters, mm-hmm. born and raised here. There's a space that they were looking to purchase. They already own a space. Mm-hmm. They were looking to purchase another space. Mm-hmm. Um, they inquired from a particular organization that happens to be black that owned the space. And the space, they offered them, I believe it was something, you know, reasonable. And the... Um, the owners were very, you know, they didn't want to accept their money. So some white people uh, moved in close proximity to the space, went to that space and um, made an offer to purchase the space. So they told the, the black people I'm telling you about that, you know, they were no longer interested in them because they found, you know, someone. A buyer. Mm-hmm. So the white buyer decides... Um, or does everything all the way up to this time to buy, let's call it like six months, and then pulls out, just decides that they don't want to buy like that space. They found something else. So then it goes back on. So these people, the black people, I'm telling you, find out. They contact these other white people that are from another country and tell the white people, look, I need you to, when you go like in to buy this space, I need pay. you to disrespect them. I need you to treat them disrespectfully and I I need you to treat them super disrespectfully because that's that way they'll want you to buy the property. They'll do whatever you need to buy. The so the, the white people were like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. But they were like, look, you'll be doing us a favor. So they sent them in as the front people and they did it. They treated them very disrespectfully and they actually got an offer that was less than the original offer. I, I, and then they I, gave the money. Right to they, you know that. I mean, the the black people I'm telling you, actually were the ones who did the purchasing. Yeah. Right, like through these white people, and so now they own the property for like a fraction of what their initial bid was, and, just because of that whole roundabout and, way of internalized white supremacy. Yeah, and it the whole system itself. I wish and, I could name and, all these names, but and, I'm not going to disrespect them. And I probably know, but <laughs> this. But I mean, it, it, it's in all of us. You know what I'm saying? Mm, that, yeah. that that black inferiority and white supremacy because we're all conditioned. It's recognizing it. Like mm, I, yep. I feel like I guess like a, a drug user or something, and it's like, oh, damn, that's that black self hate right well, there kicking in. That's so it's like it's like, oh man, you see the white person, and it's like, oh, this may lead to more business, and then you see the black person, like, do we even got enough money? And then it's like, damn, that's that black self hate right there. It's that white supremacy kicking in, thinking the white guy is going to lead to more opportunity. I believe the the layers of even that whole business deal and how it went down, mm-hmm. and I've even seen in other communities this happen. But like I say, all of these systems, we need to challenge every, yeah, system, every system. Meaning like even if you want to conduct business in our community, mm-hmm. the decision should not be only made by the quote unquote owner itself. Like uh, oftentimes uh, when, I, when I get into these debates in my business schools uh, or bit with my business school professors and 
different stuff like that throughout my life of taking all these classes and just other business theorists and, and economists and stuff like they'll talk about like Native American people. The, the, the concept of ownership was not a term in the Native American language because mm-hmm. the idea of ownership is something of a colonialist. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Max. Right? Mm-hmm. So so the idea of it is colonialist. So the idea of you owning a store, but it's a part of a community, you really don't own that exactly. shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's really for the community to decide whether you should be conducting business or provide... Because even as I'm saying conducting business, you know, cut the business. If you should be offering resources to the people of the community right mm-hmm. if you drive down east state mile right now mm-hmm. it's is it is a medical medical marijuana dispensary damn near on every corner from 75 all the way to Gratiot. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i do and and of these as we think of the the chaldean merchant <laughs> offering and owning these you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah so it's it, it it it's exploitive, you well, know. And Whereas is, it it the community itself needs a stake into what businesses agreed. are there. And if you try to o- open a business like in certain communities, right. like Birmingham, oh yeah, or like where you used to live, like Cork in Manhattan, Town. in Manhattan, oh yeah, yeah, or Corktown, but especially like these places, mm-hmm. it, you know, I don't care what. Even if you, it's a business, it's like, hey, you know, I got a uh, I got a doggy daycare. They'll be like, yo. No bet. That's we don't know think, you. We don't know how you conduct yeah. business. Our neighborhood association says no, and you will not get the business access. And yep. our communities need that same stake mm-hmm. because what we need is not just quote unquote jobs, because mm-hmm. that's generally the guys that all of this stuff right. is put under. We need resources that'll actually help people because right. the idea that the job will create money to help people, mm-hmm. when in reality, the business may just give resources that help people itself. And, yeah. and a lot of those places don't provide jobs hell no hell a lot no. of those places don't provide jobs yeah, at that, all that's, or, that's why they'll I'm, let the homeless man come and hustle and then when they get sick of them they'll shoo him away <laughs> no that's why am I, I am i kidding but that's why I bring and they'll call that their employee you guys are funny i'm not even trying to be no, funny. no no no, 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 no i'm just no, trying to I'm say, say that's, that's how that's funny. how it be yeah, you know yeah. I'm, the reason yeah. why I think that's why I bring this up is because like of course like to see black women getting attention is something that you know is becoming more prevalent I didn't grow up seeing sh- stuff like this but at the same time when I see stuff like this it makes me put up my radar because it's like this is not a reparation you putting us in the no. middle of a newspaper and telling me that there are more black women in Silicon Valley is not a reparation so when they do stuff like this oh well, Oprah, well, oh, uh, Obama, oh, well, black women that are entering Silicon Valley, look, you can do it too. That is not a reparation. Nah, that is not this. Th- that is not even close to being. This is what we we should have been on this a hundred years ago. But yeah, but the black too, women, black women are right now is you know in the marketing field. Yeah, like, understood. Black women understood. are the most yeah. educated, uh, most uh, most industrious class of americans uh right now currently is this not a chess but so, also too so the don't idea conflate, the rallying cry, you know politics with don't conflate the politics of of reparations which is going into the, the I'm, governmental system i'm not with at all private corporations of silicon i'm Valley. not at all but yeah, this, don't this, this on the u.s today 
is 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 a make or is them doing that alone? They're they're well, they're they're collecting. They're putting it together. They're saying they're putting Silicon Valley and using black women to say together, yeah. you should be happy that you look. Look at this market. Well, I mean, it, it, yeah. Well, I mean, because like, as a marketer, marketing, as a marketer, that's it, all I'm it's saying. Re, it's it's a reasons. I mean, like you know, I, I definitely am not necessarily trying to defend USA Today here, but it's 365 days. They need news stories every day, and they want to talk to different growing audiences, and they can parlay things like that to and, and black to women is probably right now. when so they put agreed. their when they put their package together, and they're they're looking at. Who their advertisers are because that's what, what is that the feedback into? In, what is that feedback into what we talking about? It feeds back. I'm just telling you the incentive for the newspaper, mm-hmm. but the the idea, and then it's also leverage that we can take from things like that. It's, right. it's of course. How do we use these tools? But, but the, the idea content. to see it as equality, the idea to see that as equality, I I I think it can be dangerous for some, mm-hmm. but for others, like for my for for my uh, like I I gotta. She's like the most turned up little homie ever. I got a, I got a five year old cousin Sydney. So, but for Sydney to see that, I think that that me, can be seen content, as something in, like that. Now, context, for you with your age and context, you having a, a to see this woman, education, yeah. I don't know necessarily if you should see that as equality and as substantive value. But I want my five year old little oh. homie to see that as that. For you, I want you to see, okay, what way can I use this as a tool to empower me and my people? 100%. But in the context of the conversation that we're having about white supremacy, this, I remember having debating, I think three or four years ago, with black men that feel like the black woman is always put superior to the black man in this country. I, I would I would be a black man having that debate, too. Especially so in the context of, right of the now. conversation of white supremacy, this does not bother me. This doesn't trigger me at all. But what I'm saying to you is in the context of the conversation, this feeds into the white supremacy of the conversation that we're having. That we're going to take a, to your guys' point, a private sector. We're going to take Silicon Valley. We're going to put it here. We're going to have black women sitting here talking through the article. And we're going to tell you that. In so many ways that we've been telling you for over and over decades and centuries that look here, this is here. Yeah. But if you look back in, I think in November or October, they had a same article in Forbes about black men. It was this hundred percent story, except it was about black men are the most. Uh, rising of millionaires or some crap like I that. I saw that. That doesn't mean that that negates the poverty, the 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 That's all the, I'm the over criminalization and and you know yeah. the so there's That's just all like, I'm saying. but but it's but you have to also understand media literacy, and so to understand media literacy, you have to understand like you're saying this is a business, so the news needs news every single day. So whether news is news or not news, it's going to be packaged and created as news, whether it's truth or whether it's, you know, whether it's, yeah, it's, it might be packaged as, okay, well, we got to sell some news today. What's the news that we're going to sell right now over the, la- like, over the last year or two years moving forward? It's all about black women. They're trying to sell every single thing to black women, every single place that you go, everything is being sold to black women. That's very yeah. true. Whether it's good for you or not, 
It's just that it's popular and that's the population that they're digging into. Why? Because black women spend money. Very that, true. And then it's a it's a class with, <clears throat> with money. And that's where like, I mean, when I give the argument of the black woman being perceived in American society today as more valuable than the black man because it's the information technology age and it's other threats that align that black man like a a, a a masculine black man is not they're rarely seen in the office place you know what i'm saying whereas this is in the industrial age if this was 40 years ago in some ways black men were marketed to but black people as a whole just due to what we deal with and we feel as though that buy-in of back to white supremacy we have the propensity to spend another economic meaning that our idea of spending is so much faster than any other group because we're trying to buy our way out of our pain, buy our way out of our oppression, buy our way out of what we dealing with. So it's almost like mm. as I buy mean, our way into of, respectability. Yes. Yeah, as many of my, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Uh, retail therapy is a concept that was presented to right. me through a lot of black women. Because right. a lot of black men I know <laughs> ain't got the money to even be having expendable. Now there are this this is the 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 something played upon because the data and the analytics and marketing and, and Piper seen a lot of this stuff, but like the marketing research is just done. Yeah. If you market to white white women in that same aggressive nature, yes, there are some that will spend, but the black woman in a lot of ways will spend in 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 an exorbitant, uh, that, that propensity to spend is so much higher. Those pockets, those pools of money, uh, it is it, seen. It's, it's all a business. So, like I say, it can that article can be used as a tool. Agreed. We just have to see mm-hmm. what resource that is. So, like, shout out to like Marlon with what she's doing with mm-hmm, Sisters Cold, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and figure out where we like leverage things like that. So, like, behind that. Marlon can maybe take something like that, package that, put that together, mm-hmm. so that now she can get she can more get leverage some and some resources yes. to her. I, that's why I black, you know, black black Ingrid, say, rock. That's why I say, Ingrid can take yeah. that, partner that with what Ingrid does, yep. get some resources for what she's doing with blockchain development. I yeah. 100% agree, and that's why I say, I, I mentioned reparation, but so much more. This is not just a linear article. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if, we, if we look at it in only one or two ways... Negatively, oh, they always putting the black women out there. Or, oh, man, look at this. This is amazing. They finally putting us on the U.S. today, front cover. It shouldn't. It should be looked at more in depth to the point that you're making so we can take it and tool it. Well, and, all media yeah. should be looked... All Agreed. media 100%. should be looked at with a fine... Just like, you know, Trump is about to do this speech during the Super Bowl, right? And... I don't watch the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Because number one, I can't stand football. <laughs> but number two, because, you know, it's uninteresting to me. Yeah. You know, that's just on a personal level. Like, I never cared ever. I don't even know what's going on. But I do know that right now during this boycott that's going on, uh, they got Jermaine Dupree that's doing this whole pre Super Bowl, like it's a week of like pre Super Bowl events, and then he brought out what's the group that he's bringing out? The um, oh, about uh, criminal justice reform. He's bringing out these women that are gonna be talking about criminal justice reform, and um, that's the 
big hot topic right now for black people in voting is criminal justice reform because Trump has that bill. And also, too, is going to be um, child support. The It's no coincidence that that Candace Owens, that, you know, Kanye and like all of that. And I know it sounds really exhausting, especially as a black person. However, what I understand is that the Super Bowl is going to be one of the most watched. Even even people that are boycotting the Super Bowl, it's going to be one of the most watched things like ever i'm not gonna watch the super bowl but you know what i am gonna watch what's that i'm gonna watch that trump speech you know why because i'm gonna be paying attention to the media literacy of it mm-hmm. i'm gonna be paying attention to the words and the language that he's using i'm gonna be paying attention to the commercials that come on right before his speech and right after his speech i don't care about no super bowl but I already know that when it comes to us, they're going to hide stuff in there. That speech is going to have some stuff hidden in it. I'm going to tell you why. Because understanding media and the power of media and how media works, and everyone knows the Super Bowl being boycotted right now, and the reason they got Trump is because he's going to be talking directly to his people. And we need to know what he's talking about. That's true, Pipe. And to be annoyed and afraid or disgusted or turned off, that's how we don't know what the heck is going on. 100%. When we turn around and be like, I ain't even about to listen to him. No, 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 no. This is the time that we actually need to listen to what he's going to say. He's going to say some diabolical stuff. And I want to see it in real time so that I can understand the message as it happens. Because I don't want sound bites. I don't want CNN to send it back to me. I don't want BET, the package, to be like, oh, girl. Yep. I want to see exactly what it said for myself in its entirety. Hmm. I feel that. So that I could understand, like, what's going on. Now, I already, I agree with you, Kari. These, I understand when people say they're not going to vote. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, oh, well, these people are going to do whatever they're going to do. However, because I'm going to vote, I want to understand what he's going to do. Even if you, I want to understand what he's going to do. Let me say this. Let me let me say this too. Um, And uh, i I have a I had like a long debate with my dad about that. Like, voting is kind of like that article. It's a tactic. It, It can't be used. Uh, one of the things that, as I stand, um, I don't have a black agenda for any presidential candidate, and I have been waiting for a black agenda to exist. So I'm going to be putting out my own black agenda, and as the people such as Piper start presenting things to me, and then I, I'll I'll start sharing that. But the number one thing that does exist on my black agenda is reparations. Reparations. And I want a candidate that aligns themselves with that. Because right. I think without without a platform... The the apathy that that's understood, even though it's like, and I don't think it took Russian hackers or anything like that, but the apathy <laughs> that it, whether it, it obviously that that was very prevalent, the misinformation yeah, 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 yeah. on both sides, mm-hmm. meaning that the misinformation uh, defaming the character of Donald Trump and the misinformation defaming the character of Hillary Clinton, the misinformation honoring Donald Trump and the misinformation honoring Hillary Clinton, and I can't tell 100%. you how many of those false stories that I knew that people I know and in some ways, you know, respect, you know, them like personally, I saw those false stories like myself because it would just be like, yeah, Hillary Clinton will get arrested tomorrow. And it's like, damn, dude, you, how are you even going to put this up on, on your goddamn Facebook? (laughs) But it was so many people sharing things like that Mm -hmm. because 
their idea, as you talk about media literacy, mm-hmm. is 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 unsure. And I'm not even saying that these validated sources like the New York Times and Washington Post aren't filled with the same white supremacist structures, but their systems at least create a way where their stories will be validated in a way where it's like, do not share some of the hypocrisies that are currently being shared and really it's so much smoke screens and propaganda involved in media at, i mean in news media really since uh i say maybe maybe like the early 90s or whatever like like new news media yeah, just- news media not <laughs> right news like it's kind of like you know uh wrestling is sports entertainment i'm with you, yeah. I'm with you. I'm you know with what you. i'm saying it's like a magazine it's sports entertainment yeah. so it's like yes the, I'm I'm rooting for The Rock but like The Rock knows whether he gonna win or lose you know what I'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. news media so this whole concept of news media and so much of the news has been editorialized that you like pulling out the facts and what happened when it happened who it happened to how it happened uh, it's just not even what people are looking for as people are looking to be entertained and as she said and I'm not gonna watch the speech or the Super Bowl I will watch the State of the Union um, and yeah. that's more so me standing with Carolyn Kaepernick, uh, and and it's not even Kaepernick as much as the racism of the owners. Right. And I have yet to watch the NFL. I watched like a half of football last year, but I've watched the NFL mo- since I was five years old, and and since then I've watched. That you know it, it's tough for me not to watch football. I feel but you know I'm, I'm, proud I'm of not you. in it. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm not in the mix. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like green eggs and ham. Not yeah. on the chair. Not in the tree. <laughs> right. None of that I'm shit. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. you know and I, I think that's a... I t- I've told Piper this story before. My mom told me something happened. I can't remember in the 80s. And everyone was like, all right, we boycotting. Like, we boycotting everything. We boycotting the... Uh, the, the uh, what is it? The buses. We boycotting the, the retail. And she said maybe like two weeks in, Macy's put out an ad like... uh. 50% off on all fur coats. People was like, man, man. 50% off on a fur coat? Yeah, some people would. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, even those strategies. Like, right. We need to be clear. Like, some of these leaderless movements. Like, right now, I don't even think most Americans are aware of what's going on in Paris. Mm. You know? Like, it's it's another leaderless movement as mm-hmm. we talk about news, media. Yeah, yeah. What's going on in Venezuela right now. Woo! News mm-hmm. media. My goodness. What's going on in Venezuela right now? If you turn on the news media, they make it seem like okay, there's a there's a possible ele- both people could have won the election. Clearly, the candidate that is oppressing their people that is aligned with Donald Trump and his concepts oh, yeah, in America yeah, and, and their concept lost. Right. But he and the soldiers he's paying for yeah. that are funded through the American government, mm-hmm. the Russian government, mm-hmm. the British government, the Chinese government are murdering people. Yeah. As opposed to letting the man that stands with the people come in to assume his role in this democracy. Right. <laughs> that we're saying that we support in Venezuela. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We've inserted so, a leader. Like, yes. We, we, we've, is, we've, 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 we're paying for a coup. Yeah. And, we've, and we've created the coup. We, we've mm. done this for forever in the whole idea of spreading freedom across the world. You know, so, <laughs> so like, but news media doesn't tell you that. Right now in Paris, what's going on is, mm. is one of the most longstanding uh, uh, social, uh, social uprisings since Egypt. 
Egypt was all over the news. I think some of that dealt with Egypt being in Africa. Mm. And people don't want to see Paris because it's a lot of vacations. I mean, they mm. got they got Disney France over there. And, mm-hmm. and it looks like, mm-hmm. damn, these people are, those people there. And it's a leaderless movement on points of we want our health care. Yeah. It's like taxation is about to be uh, uh, imposed on these people in France. Mm-hmm. And the reason I had this information is my homegirl, shout out Karima, just is mm-hmm. over there in print, Paris actually engaging and knowing the people and having mm-hmm. relationships, mm-hmm. you know, our ex-husband. So like, this is, I can't pull this from the news. Right. Media. I got, right. I got, I got to have a direct connect to know that these people have a leaderless movement with agenda and in, in points. Not anybody that wants to go talk to people in the back room and say, right. Oh, everything going to be cool. We got a seat at the table. It's like, <laughs> nah, this is what we want. And we're going to use random acts of what I guess we call terrorism, but, Random acts of disruption, that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to call it, mm-hmm. till we get what we want. And mm. it has put a stranglehold on what's going on in France. Yeah. And now most of the other nations in Europe are seeing this and saying like, damn, we can do these same, we can take, we can take these same actions. Right. We can take these same actions. Well, look at Brazil. They got a tropical Trump. I the tropical that. Trump is murdering black and brown women. They murdered... Some of the capoeiristas, the maestras, like the heads of capoeira, you know, um, because those are some of the keepers of the culture. Like the right wing has literally infiltrated the world and is literally murdering black and brown and indigenous people. Well, I, I believe not that that, that hasn't uh, ever stopped happening. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I'm yeah, with you. definitely that. I mean, it's, it's coming it's together cold, though. It's coming together even more it's as com- more. Yeah. As as people of color uh, continue to populate more and more of the world, mm, and, mm. The, uh, and the and the the dynasty of America, which is still really a young dynasty in the world of Western civilizations, yeah. mm-hmm. honored as dynasties. So I'm speaking mm. from the lens of my oppressor, his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's you know the shadows. I mean, this is this is the other side of it. This is the demise of the American dynasty. And, mm. and as it is being co-opted, um, and I've heard many stories of this, uh, the tactics that have taken place and of the oppression of, uh, shout out to the people in South Africa uh, that yeah. are standing for righteousness, but that form of oppression is looking to take place where it's like, okay, we, well, I guess, I don't even have to say South, South Africa. I guess I could say Detroit City, where you will mm. have mass people of color controlling very limited resources. Right. And you will have white people basically making decisions and controlling resources, even though that's they a global are the phenomenon. People, yes. With Well, I will say this though. Mass. If you guys I don't know if you know this song, Brittany. There was an MC. He was from Chinatown. His name is Jin. He had a song called Learn Chinese. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we all need to part. do. We all need to learn Chinese. I'm with Rough Riders. I'm with that. We all oh, yeah. need Rough Riders. We all need to learn Chinese. I'm with that though. We all need but, to learn Chinese. But see, this is the tragedy even of that though. A lot of the, the Chinese businesses yep. and business people. Like this is this is the tragedy of white supremacy, too. Uh, yeah, they're colonizing <gasps> they, Africa. They have no, I mean, but that's those Chinese, the a lot of the the Chinese people that have engaged in business partnerships with America, 
and applying these uh, capitalistic tactics. Yeah. In this whole concept of like, um, like really, even that comp- compromise. Like mm-hmm. you think of like those strong leaders, like Mao. Like mm-hmm. Mao was a hell of a leader, and they look mm-hmm. at him like a, a an oppressor. Right. He knew that you know just from the way that uh, the way the British poisoned the people with opium. Right. You know that it's like, yo, we will get all and anything to do with white people out of our nation. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Language, the minute you open, the minute you open that door. Right. It, it, and it's the, it's, the it's back gates. to the conditioning. Yeah. So like, yes, these are Chinese people, but they're, they're, they're conducting business with American tactics. The I'll same you, way yeah. it's a lot of Nigerian businesses, right. especially in the oil trade, conducting business with American tactics. So yes, yeah. they are people of color. But their mind is confused with the white supremacy that has oppressed our people. Exactly. So, the, Holy Ghost. so, so the idea uh, 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 of them learning Chinese in there, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's really like I say, uh, learn Jethro. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. learn learn the same concepts that you know uh, of. Uh, I think the the most. The most epic American president that, that's the epitome of them of like an Andrew Jackson, because that's going to be what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to exploit as many people uh, at any extent so that they can be got and hoard as many resources for themselves. And that is the the white supremacy that's taken advantage of under the guise of like the wealth of nations and, and these arguments of of of, you know, supply and demand meeting and and, you know, uh, all of this, you know, opening up and changing in global markets, but the the, the it's still white supremacy just with a different face. Agree, a hundred percent for and sure. And I would I would I would say too, it's you know, like white Obama. supremacy. White supremacy has taught us to only think about the white man's mind. To be a hundred percent, like I think that our world in black and white world has 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 sheltered us from even. Not even shelter has kept us from not even caring about the way Asians do business. We barely care about me- the way Mexicans do business, depending on where we are in America. You know what I mean? We barely care about the way Indians interact with each other. We don't care. We don't think about it. We don't need. We feel I like. Would, so I I'm would saying. Say I would say. I would say that learning or even having insight on Asian culture and the way that they do business and what makes them mimic white culture and what, what times they don't mimic white uh, supremacy or culture is important. And it's growing importance for us to stop thinking so much. It's hard. Let me give the disclaimers that I'm thinking in my head. Like, of course, we're not thinking about that. Of course, we have a lot on our plate. Of course, we have a lot of healing to do. But the point I'm making is because of that healing, because of white supremacy, we don't even think about the way others interact on a large scale like we think about the white man's mind. That's all I'm saying. See, and, and my thought process would be in reference to that, if we have access or if it's coming across my, my filter, like is she saying like any like having media literacy? If if any institution is presenting me something, it has been it has been vetted <laughs> through white supremacy That's all, yes. to be presented to me. Now, um, now, are there styles of like, first off, I, I don't think that other cultures even honor the whole concept of business because the idea of trade uh, and there, really, really is not prevalent in other nations as bartering relationships yeah. work more so in other cultures uh, because everyone in the community has something of value to barter. The yep. idea of trade became prevalent when more Europeans uh for, due to to many reasons like i mean you 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 can't grow crops for like what like 
damn near maybe you know half the year or maybe eight months or like you know money and the idea of capitalism needed to be born even through those king based systems uh because it's not as abundant of resources, yeah. those skill sets, and 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 the idea of manipulating people's minds. Hence, the inception of the way religion is has uh, been yeah. used uh, for generations. But you know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. like, you need other systems because it's not like, yo, I got an apple tree. You know how to make huts? Let's swap. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, I agree. I'm gonna create the stock. So not stock necessarily exchange. do business, but, <laughs> do business, but <laughs> you make huts. <laughs> He makes apples. Yeah. Both of y'all, I'm gonna give y'all both investments, but give me my house for free. Give me my apples for free. Yeah. And then I'll figure out how to get some investment in both of y'all businesses. But how about there is no apples and there is no house? And that's what you're actually investing in, the potential. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> that's the stock I know, market. but I'm just telling you, but I'm just telling you, me yeah. as the guy in the stock market, right. I'm gonna have you right. I'm gonna actually uh, you know, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna commoditize commoditize your uh, Potential. What they call what they call no no I'm gonna commoditize commoditize your what they call like the natural you know land labor capital land land and labor mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna do that take that from you I'm gonna turn all of this into like quantify whatever its value is to me which that's what's such a such a weird thing the whole concept of value and to quantify money it, it it's 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 one of the greatest tools uh the white man ever invented because it it is it, weird is it, the the, mm-hmm. the value we place on it is so it's <laughs> it's it's all psychological and then take your resources and you're going to invest in that and yeah i may get investment for you i may not it may be like you say the potential of apples and maybe the potential of huts but it's nothing like <laughs> right. the, the the straight you know the roots of the barter system like if we had to talk to an alien from another nation about like all right this is what it is. So, like, this is how things work, and this is how you get goods. And then the alien would be like, "All right, why don't you just go to the person that build huts? Why don't right. you just go to the person that make apples? Well, you know, we got these things called stores, and you know, it's easier <laughs> for us to go there. It's like, why is it easy? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's it's it. The systems that existed in all these other uh, nations existed because they were more abundantly uh, prevalent for. For for substantive life, yes, mm-hmm. Europe itself was not designed for people to live, so it created the most savage. Uh, 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 um, uh, it's created the most savage uh, behaviors in people. Like you, you need those weapons of weapons of war and things like that. I mean, Africa is abundant in every resource you could think of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Still, like, so, even right. even with all the colonization, even with yeah. all the raping of the resources, yeah, it's, it's still. Whereas, isn't that crazy? I, I mean, mean, amazing. Before before that's, that's, the invention, that's of, God, right? Even to this you day, know, like I, I know, I just scared a bunch of people with that word, but yeah. no, I know but what you nah, mean. It, it is what it is. But I mean, like, I mean, seriously, back in the day, wasn't no, uh, you know, wasn't no heat, <laughs> wasn't you know, so like when it wasn't heat and and it became like. My family has to go inside for for six months, and we can't in food. Hell yeah! Every inch of this farm counts. Right. Where I will create a weapon to murder you, so mm. that I can live one extra week on these off your blood. Yeah, off off. So I can live an extra week and have potatoes. Right. Whereas like Africans didn't have to make no choices like that because it was where Plenty. the original man is. 
Right. You know, if we could have contests like, oh, man, I could grow some better corn than you. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do nothing like that when winter is half the year. <laughs> it's like, yo, you grow better corn than me. No, but that's we, I got to be a Viking. I got I to gotta build a ship, go to other places, murder and, 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 and rape these people and take, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like the savagery, yeah. you know, even how we look at his story. Mm-hmm. We honor dynasties in different forms of history that are connected more through savagery because that's what i'm gonna call it savagery yeah Yeah, and and every form of savagery is even how we honor things so Mm -hmm. like i think the the illness that we have as a people is we're living in this world trying to adapt it and and take in different forms of this savagery and it's just not natural for us period preach kari it's just not i'm gonna pass the collection plate pass the collection plate (laughs) (laughs) Even that, even that form of savagery. It's like right, right. The Christianity, <laughs> Christianity has been the greatest institution for Black people, but it's also been the most shackling and most exploitive institution for Black people. Damn, we're gonna damn lose time. our listeners at the same time. <laughs> what song is that? At the same damn, damn time. time. <laughs> at the same damn time. Yes, it, it it has been it's been the most beautiful and the most ugly thing for our people. You know what Ooh-wee. I'm saying? Well, you know, moving forward, we've got to do differently. We are. I we feel are. It. We are. Man, we're it's like all we got to do is like we right there at the light switch. We just got to turn that mug on. We right there. I feel it. Well, yeah, because you're a millennial. <sighs> so you're closer to the promised land. Remember that? Uh, what, remember that on, uh, <sighs> what was the name of that movie? Uh, uh, Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle. I feel like I still remember that see when that. they went through the Britney's slave scene. Britney's never seen Hollywood Shuffle. Oh, they went through the slave scene. The slave said, scene. I would get to amazing. the promised land. <laughs> so, well, the scene. It's like they had like these like professional slave actors. It was so funny. <laughs> Anybody, if you have never seen Hollywood Shuffle, is a must. Who did that? See. Who did that? Was Black Cinema? Ah. That's not. That's not. No, now you got it. No, we well, can't tell you. Well, we have to because the listeners might not know. Robert Townsend. You got to go look it up. Oh, That's your okay. homework. And then you yeah. actually should look up the story of him. They should actually do a documentary on the making of it because yeah. that was the other thing that happened with Hollywood Shuffle. Like they talk about the story of him making it. And then okay. the friendship between uh, Keenan Ivory Waynes, Arsenio Hall, all the Wayans, and yeah. uh, Robert okay. Townsend all like think, working with I one another. I think he talked about mm-hmm. that on a Breakfast Club a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, but I'm definitely about to check that out. But yeah, you, you, you must you, see you Hollywood Shuffle. Right. Winky, you told me dog. that, uh, what's the name? You told me uh, uh, Coming to America. It's like Coming to America status. Okay. I got you. I got, yeah, you. I got yeah. you. I got you. I got you. I got you. No, because me and her was talking about. I like, I like Hollywood Shuffle. But coming to America is amazing. Well, don't. No, so I, is Hollywood Shuffle. All right, all right, all right. All right amazing all right. Whatever, times whatever. 10. <laughs> but wait, one day we were in the car and I'm like, uh, I'm like, the internet is going a little crazy about uh, Eddie Murphy saying he's going to remake Coming to America. They are. They are. They, they've already greenlit it. It will be. <laughs> it will be. The, the concept is Eddie Murphy, while he was uh, sowing his African? royal oats, mm-hmm. he had a child here in America. And he's coming back to America to meet his son, 
who is like some type of like man, IT developer. Gonna be in Africa, man. He said he's an IT developer. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. This is the premise of the movie. I guess I wish I could have had a boat on this because I would have said, "Stay your ass in Africa." I want to see what it was going. I want to that whole that whole I intro wonder. scene. I well, want that again. But it's back. gonna be it's gonna be that obviously okay. too because okay. it's obviously the, sun kill the sun's gonna <laughs> Killmonger, the IT developer. <laughs> <laughs> okay but obviously it's gonna be that i, I i'm just wondering of of the girls he met at the club which right. which one of yeah. the girls that is like one of my favorite movies which one right yeah because obviously it, DJ, it can't be arsenio all the dudes want to is grab it gonna be breasts. the one that says <laughs> it could be it could be that one <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, it's got to be the one at the club, though. Huh? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I, so it has to okay, be. right? So is it? Will it be? Um, yeah, that, it's hilarious. I, I'm, like of them, which one of them will it be? I don't know. It probably is going to be the one that was like, I'm a singer, I'm a writer. Oh yeah, yeah. She talked too much. Maybe. What if it was the first woman that was in <laughs> Africa? Oh, the one that no, was like, no, no, like no. A dog. whatever you like, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, that would it, be cool. It, I don't think it would have been her because she, he, he rejected her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the other thing. It's like uh, the the way the first film was shot. I de- I didn't think he hooked up with any of those women from the club. But I guess he may have. I take that intro scene any day over Wakanda's intro scene. Sorry. Oh. I love Black Panther, and I'm not putting them against each other. But God dang. I think it was the fight scene between Killmonger and T'Challa. Agree. That, that was the cool thing. More so than the intro scene of getting into Wakanda. I think that fight scene. It just reminds me of the two. That's why I'm putting them up against oh. each other. I'm just thinking. Because, I mean, it was more like, African. You know, yeah, why like, would well, they redo? I'm just annoyed that they would redo the film as opposed to just just create a, a new film. Like, I want to see Eddie Murphy get a, in a new, new idea. Film. I mean, yeah, get a new idea. I mean, idea. they're doing a Bad Boys 3. So, I mean. Come Bad on. Boys 2 was great. <sighs> Bad I Boys mean, 2, Piper? Bad just, Boys 2 was I just don't an like extension of Bad Boys one two bad and three two. is always bad every film two bad and three is bad. great but the critics hate it too <laughs> no except star bad. except star wars no i'm a, i gotta get into star wars okay i'm a star wars fan die hard star wars i, I was told three. not to start two with the first three. movie but to like what start. you call it rocky three was with uh okay. mr t that was amazing i can't front. oh no no that was i good. love the rocky series Me too. but the best one is rocky the first one Great. and the second one I like all three. You don't think you don't think the one with Mr. T? Okay, Mr. T. The one Rocky, the first one was actually I mean, Mr. T a was good, good story and a good movie. I like, but like yeah. as a favorite, Mr. One T Sylvester was a favorite. Song, I like Grace right? Jones. I like Grace. Jones. Wait, wait, wait. Was it was it Sylvester? You thinking about uh, the Grace Jones? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't even talk English, uh, speak English at the time. Talk English. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was, I can't was talk it English. Talking talk English. He fought yeah. Creed right the first time, lost. Then fought Creed in the second one and won. Yeah. Then three, he Mr. T. And then the four because he rest had to come Russian. back and okay. you know they had to make that Rocky too because then white people was pissed off. No, it made a lot of money. They were they was pissed off. About they Creed. was like, you can't end it like that now. Yeah, yeah. you can't end it like that. But that film was supposed to be based on the Jack Johnson, no? No, it was based on actually uh, a... uh, The actual, like, guy? A Muhammad Ali fight. When Muhammad Ali... um, When Muhammad Ali was uh, released from his um, imprisonment, Mm -hmm. he fought (laughs) Chuck Wepner. 
a white dude. Mm-hmm. And it was just a more interesting fight than they thought. But it was his first fight. It was like a warm-up fight. Everybody okay. knew Muhammad Ali was going to win. But that was what led uh, Stallone to actually write that Rocky. Oh, okay. And, and it, yeah, Rocky's it's that great. Premise. Yeah. I'll that give, was a great film. I'll give him film. Rocky. Yeah, I love Rocky. Great film. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm a, trying to think of other movies I like that Creed. Had. Creed. What about was a Blade great film. One? And, what about Blade One and Blade Two? Was Blade Two good? Blade oh Two. <laughs> you know, Piper no. has not seen any Blade. So I saw Blade, Blade and I regret seeing Blade. What? Oh man, Blade was awesome. Oh, I'm a, I'm, uh, I'm a documentary fan, so just yeah. I was gonna say yeah. But she is not a popular movie. The the, hey, the 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 amount of action films that Wesley Snipes has added to <laughs> yeah. my life. The Wesley Snipes is the greatest black action hero. No, I'll, I'll take him in. Uh, I love Dune. White boy can't jump. Over that anything. shows you a type of films I like. I love Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Dune is one of my favorite films. I'm sure it's good. It's Ugh. amazingly beautifully shot. Incredible. You got to see Dune. Yeah, right. that's like, I'm that's writing that like one down too. Best like four hours of your life. Best. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a lifetime Requiem movie. for a Dream. No, but on some real... Vanilla Sky and... Okay, but like, what movie, shit, what movie? Anchorman. Like? Okay, we are Anchorman. just talking... No! <laughs> see, see how they... See millennials how they do us? See how millennials how they do us when you Anchorman. try to give them a... When you try to give them a little game on some shit that you know they're gonna like? Okay, Anchorman so look, has sunk us to a new low to, in film history. No, listen... To, see? 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 Y'all wrong. Y'all just got done talking about okay, how okay. I gotta be able to media literacy... Lowest key. Okay. If, I promise I'll give both of y'all. 10, I mean, I saw Anchorman. $10. I gotta go back and watch. All right. It. If I give, I promise. If y'all, if y'all don't see the similarities and everything y'all just got saying done saying about the media, if y'all okay. watch Anchorman one and two, y'all gonna be like, oh my god, oh Will Ferrell is a genius. We have I to watch two. I will give you twenty dollars each if you don't. All right. Be I like, need Will Ferrell is a genius. I need the money. I like, I like some. Uh, <laughs> I'm about I to like, watch both. I need I'm, forty bucks. I like, I like some Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> I mean, even that, but you. I like bad movies sometimes. Like I'm even the one you. where he was uh, the basketball player in Flint. That's hilarious. hilarious. What was that? I, whatever that um, was. I mean, no, it's Happy a bad Gilmore. Movie, Happy funny. Gilmore was a yeah. terrible movie that was so funny. I will tell you, uh, I just watched Ladies Man again. That's a horrible movie. Yeah, that, that was like. a horrible movie. I don't but remember Ladies Man. Movie. What about <laughs> what about Watata? What was his name? Pootie Tang. Oh, Pootie Tang is amazing. <laughs> it's like, an man, amazing. It's hot outside, man. This show is hot out that that movie <laughs> is one of the most stupid movies ever. No, but I see like now it. y'all are delving into stupidity. I mean, I yeah. love movies like you know <laughs> Sankofa and Daughters of the yeah, Dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I also love you know like I'm just a huge documentary fan. I'm with it. I'm too. You know, I wish I wish I had the. Dough. I like it all. Did you I watch turn, uh, the Fire documentaries? No, you didn't watch those documentaries. Mm-mm. I some... think you actually would. Oh my god, find Where are it they? entertaining. Uh, Netflix. Okay. Netflix has some good documentaries. They do. Um, but I was telling Piper. Love Netflix. I was t- in, in the grand scheme of movies and white supremacy. I was telling Piper about the documentary that they finally released. She hit me the game on the whole fake black conservative mu- movement by with Candace Owens. <laughs> they just released that documentary. Yo, I need to watch the documentary. That documentary. It, I'm in the middle of it. It is crazy. Stacy Dash. Like, can you believe they really want us to believe Russians? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, Stacey Dash. Yo. She's the original. Yo, she, she started wild. all of it. It's wild. Hopefully, I hope she started it's so all good. Of it. It's so like I hope it's working out for her. Yeah, I was gonna say God bless. Well, you know how you said you were gonna listen to Trump's speech? Like I yeah. feel like that is such a good the contents of what you're saying, whether it be Super Bowl or not, it is okay. I'm just talking. 
to turn to Fox 2 News, I mean Fox News, and just watch it. Just every watch now every now and then. You just, just got to see what they're saying. Exactly. You just got to see what they're saying. But I feel the same thing. Like, I can't front. Having a Republican family... Like I was forced growing up to li- to on the way to school with my uncle to listen yeah. to Rush Limbaugh, I miss in the morning, you know stuff like that. So I actually am able to actually listen to conservatives with a certain sense of you know media literacy to where you know I could not be impacted by that stuff. That's but powerful. then at the same time, though, I do my best to not you know get caught into that mainstream stuff either. Yep. So that um you know. Balanced. Well, that I'm not believing the hype. Yeah. And then I also try not to get into the sensationalism that exists on the left. Agreed. So I think it's good to like diversify my media diet and then look at every single thing with a critical eye. Like, you know, things like what is the language that they're using? What is the context under which this exists? What are yeah. the headlines? I like, agree. You know, who wrote mm-hmm. the article? Like, yeah. what 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 sources are they citing? Like, what are the ads and the commercials that are happening if I'm watching media? Who wrote this? You yeah. know, like, yeah. you know, where is all this to, coming from? Yep. Yeah, it, you you almost... All of that. In today's era, you have to... You have to read five stories about the same thing <laughs> you do? to yes. get a point of view. If I had to blindly trust <sighs> any news outlet, it would be Al Jazeera. But Al Jazeera um, is pretty good. If I had to democracy blindly trust, now but even is pretty with, good. But even with that, you you need you still got to depending cite the upon. Sources. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you need to read it from. You know, you want to hear the story on Al Jazeera, then you <laughs> probably got to watch it on Fox News. That's what MC Shan told us, right? CNN, MC Shan said, you want to hear the story it. again yeah. and again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, right? And then after all of that, now you can finally say to yourself, find okay, some sort of truth. Yeah. Now, with all of this information, or perspective. and then use yeah. your own gut yeah. to say. Perspective. Because mm-hmm. yep. truth is relative, right? Yeah. Find truth a perspective. I need to... Well, it's we we well we this was so fun. So long, but, this is the be- I don't care. But everybody needs to go research Kamala Harris platform and watch Anchorman. But seriously, yeah, yeah we got we got to we got to well, check all out of her these platform. people platforms. But furthermore than their platforms, Kari Fraser's belief Yo. is if you need an explicit black agenda, starting with reparations, and I mean explicitly, yeah, black, start not, with reparations, not criminal reform, black, no, not give me my money, uh, not minority agenda, black, right, not hundred uh, percent, not poverty agenda, black, no, meaning like me being a descendant of an enslaved American, I'm gonna get something from your agenda, and listeners, explicitly, and listeners, I'm giving you a disclaimer. This is a man who is. Whole family lineage is on boots on the ground. Let's pick up our feet and in, in our hands and let's create our own. And he is still talking reparations. Let, listen mm. to listen to the depth. No, of that. reparations are necessary. And yes, I, and also too, I will say this: I think Kamala Harris is going to take the lead for the black vote because black women are getting behind her. So it's going to be up to us to hold her accountable. And we've got to give her our black agenda. If this is the candidate that that black folks are saying that they want, if this is the candidate that's going to be in the forefront, we got to put our black agenda there. We got to, you know, stay steadfast and we got to make her be about the business of our agenda. Now, I'm not saying Mm. that I that she's my candidate. Like, I haven't seen my candidate yet, but I'm saying if that's the one that's being put before me, um, then, yeah, we got like a whole year and a half to really, you know, 
have her stand up because her record at this point is atrocious on everything. You know what I'm saying? As a as a, as a lead prosecutor for California, okay. As she's a lead trying to talk that stuff now. She she she's trying to talk. And that I, stuff I try now not to talk about, about this. I'm for the people, but I I try not to even address it. And but the whole, I definitely have a lot of uh, one it, nation under a group question, thing. Her I, I question <laughs> some of her um, the prosecutorial choices and, and then even yeah, to, terrible. Uh, and and then there's some other things. Whereas during the hearings, uh, during the Kavanaugh hearings, you know the stand she took, I thought was very stern. Uh, it's been some things that I've witnessed her being in Senate, where it's like, okay, that is a voice that actually I I, I can follow a whole lot more. Um, some of the work and some of the people I knew in Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey, uh, at one point in time were like, yo man, watch this Cory Booker cat. And uh, since I've seen his actions in Senate, and I'm sure he'll drop his hat in the race, I have been less. I'm less enthusiastic with, about uh, Cory Booker. His actions. In I'm Senate. actually disappointed in Cory Booker. Yes. he started off as a great horse in the race. He finished as a mule. I don't know what he. A finished. donkey. I, I can see that. You know, well, he's no. finishing with as a, as a donkey, and in his decision making and his choices, poor choices. Yeah. You know, but it's okay. So Kamala Harris is talking about she's running the platform that she's for the people. She's running the platform that she's for prison reform. She's running the platform, you know, that she's so-called, you know, uh, for black folks. And so, yeah, let's, let's shoot. Let's get reparations right up the pipeline. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's go for it. I'll be shocked out my mind if it gets to that. But if it's just any form of explicit black agenda stuff, <laughs> I would be shocked out my mind even for that. Hey. I think, like most elections, I will end up choosing the lesser of two evils. Right, Bernie. But we're not. We're not even going to have to choose evil. I'm just going to put that in the. <laughs> can we just have that, like you know, on the on our fairy tale list? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to choose the. I'm going to choose the better of the. Of the options that don't have black agendas. <laughs> right. Dang. Dang. This man. was so fun, but, uh, Kari, I'm sorry. It's time you, to go. You want a lot of great podcasts, but <laughs> I don't know if this chemistry, you know what I mean? We're going to have to have a little podcast battle. Your chem- the chemistry, you and Piper's chemistry is dope. Yeah, because Kari's a great podcaster. <clears throat> and actually, I've been listening to the um, back episodes of the Detroit mm. is Different. Sweet. So I suggest that um, people go back because there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of really great um, interviews and history mm. that's up there right now. A lot of great content. And how many Thanks. podcasts do you have now? It's a lot of people on the network. We're going to do a Detroit is Different Festival. Hey. Brittany's going to step in with some project management for that. Hey. Piper's going to step in with uh, adding something of the flavor of the Piper Carter podcast. So hey. you'll be able to hey. experience that in real life. Um, it's a lot of us, uh, content creators, all these different subcultures of Detroit culture. Black Detroit culture. That's October, it's right? Unique. It'll be in October. I'm going to need some running time to... Build, but I'm looking forward to it. It'll be yeah. big. It'll be big. So you'd be looking for sponsors, huh? Well, I mean, if you're sponsors, uh, supporters, mm-hmm. uh, I'm all of this stuff is, as they always say, it's an experiment. Right. It's an experiment. Right. That's what's up, though. Independent media. Carver. Making Dexter great again. <laughs> Making Dexter great again. I wear that hat. As long so, as it ain't uh, red, though, I don't want people to walk up on me and punch me. I know. And then turn around. 
So, okay, any last words? Any any anything you want to tell the people, Mr. Frazier? Um uh let's see. This was we talked a lot about white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Uh if you have not, uh I urge you to read ISIS papers. Uh Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, rest in peace, I believe was one of the strongest voices to inform people mm-hmm. uh, on many levels. And if you are not necessarily a reader, it's a lot of YouTube information you can get on her. Uh, it's many articles uh, that she's written over time. Uh, I would I would trust her voice when it comes to anything related to uh, finding out the science of white supremacy and how it impacts our people in our community. Mm. <clears throat> what about you? Dilla Youth Day, February 10th. Hey, that's what's up. Thanks for the plug and the shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for me, yeah, I think, yeah, you got to come to Dilla Youth Day and also keep on your radar March the 3rd because we'll be doing our Women in Hip Hop concert and film screening and panel discussion at the Charles H. Wright Museum from 2 to 5. And that's going to be 10 whole bucks. Um, and then we got to figure out when we're, we're going to do the whole, like, she's the rapper, she's the DJ, she's the producer with Kari. But I think that's coming for summer as well, if I'm not mistaken. So We will rock again. We will rock again. So, yeah, that's all I would say. Um, definitely check the um, Detroit is Different website, you know, for all the amazing content and upcoming um, events and see how you can support. We want to uh, expand and grow and, you know, let you know uh, this brother right here is doing so much for our community. We just appreciate you so much, Brother Kari. So thanks for stepping up and stepping out. Yes. You know Thank what I'm saying? Thank you for we your partnership. You. I am Team Piper. I'm definitely Team Brittany. I brought Team Brittany to Team Piper. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so honored. So grateful. Oh, I'm happy. Well, you know, so that's it. You know, um, DetroitIsDifferent.com and Detroit is Different on all your social media. And of course, support Piper Carter Podcast. Peace. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.
to say, you's a hater. He really is not a manipulator. Together forever, past now and later. I could be such an instigator. And then I make him so frustrated. The gun was to my head, but he didn't shoot. He stopped me in my stomach with his tin boots. I heard my babies crying on the staircase. Watching daddy punching mommy dead in the face. I feel like I should leave him, but instead I stay. I know he loves me even though he's cheating on me. He probably needs more. I'm not good enough. I'm not pressing charges. I don't want him in handcuffs. Big bad wolf, he gon' huff and puff. I'd rather swallow this bottle of pills to speak up. I'd rather swallow this bottle of pills to speak up. I'd rather swallow this bottle of pills. As news of this week's murder-suicide unfolded, the story struck a nerve. Two women are killed every week by a male partner. Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit.